Since November 28, 1987, Kevin Williams has had a very heavy interest in radio. Now he's living his dream by doing a podcast. Welcome to the LDS Life Podcast. Being from Washington State, a very liberal group. Um, oh, yeah. That is kind of who, who my friend group consisted of, especially before last year. Um, and then slowly over time, you know, we have very differing opinions and views on a lot of things that have come up from 2020 to now. And so um, as far as like Washington friends, I have not retained many. Um, and then, you know, people here, uh, basically, if they, if they don't have the same views as me, they don't want to talk to me. Welcome to the LDS Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Williams, the Blind Montana Man. On this episode of the LDS Life Podcast, I interview a person named Julia Cook. Julia Cook stood up to her professor at BYU when he said, you have to wear the mask. She said, no, I don't. She also went to the dean, and they read the mask policy, and they decided, oh, you don't have to wear the mask if social distancing is occurring. We talk about that on the podcast. We also discuss how many friends she has lost after taking a stand. We also talked about the letter from the First Presidency, and I asked her many questions. I think that you will enjoy this podcast. By the way, don't forget to check out my new podcast tomorrow, Canning Plus 7. We discuss canning, other means of food storage, homesteading, gardening, prepping, farming, ranching, and occasionally politics. In the meantime, though, enjoy this episode of the LDS Life Podcast. If you want to send me an email because you have a suggestion or possibly a guest I should interview, you can do that too. Email me at kevinw at ldslifepodcast.com. That's kevinw at ldslifepodcast.com. Enjoy this episode with Julia Cook. It is Tuesday, September 21st, 2021. I'm Kevin Williams, the Blind Montana Man. This is the LDS Life Podcast. Julia Cook is my guest today. Hi, Julia. How are you? I'm doing well, Kevin. Thank you. Oh, good. Now, Julia is a person from Bellevue, Washington, and she stood up for what she believed in. She said that, uh, no, I am not going to wear the mask. And uh, her and I guess you and one of your professors got into a heated discussion about it. There is a power trip, I guess. I'm sure there's another word for it. Yeah. Uh, and then, I don't know, some uh, con power complex. And uh, so you went to the dean of students and... Yeah, after you and the professor got into a discussion, you went to the dean of students and the loophole, because I, and I'm actually glad that you pointed this out because I didn't realize this. Mm -hmm. BYU has a policy, but if you read the online policy, it says where social distancing is not necessary. That's when you need to wear a mask. I'm paraphrasing. Mm -hmm. And you and the dean found that out, and then the dean said, "Oh, oh, okay, we got, uh, yeah, uh, you have a point here." And the next day, you went to your professor, and supposedly your professor, well, I guess your professor did apologize profusely. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if he talked to the dean or not, but it hasn't been an issue since then, correct? Correct. That is, now, yep, that's a great summary. Yeah, and so. Um, 
what i'm actually has anybody contacted you the daily universe or anybody because obviously there's a big facebook page about this and has anyone contacted you about this story no um actually only defending utah um picked up my story and i imagine that the, the Daily Universe will not, um, is, definitely not want to feature this story because I found a loophole in their policy and they don't, they wouldn't want other students um, catching on to this. Now, what if, uh, just to play devil's advocate, although I am curious, if you were in a whole classroom full of people and social distancing mm -hmm. was impossible, would you wear your mask or not? I would still not wear my mask. No. Okay. Okay. And um, that'd be interesting to try. Have you tried that and see to see what happens? If, there, um, so if social distancing was not possible? So I haven't tried, um, I guess, like going into a class that's not my own, where it is like full capacity. Everyone is in a desk next to each other. But um, I... <laughs> There, there aren't any definitions of what social distancing is. So um, I do sit in a desk that is next to people and my professor doesn't say anything. So well, social it, distancing is six feet, according to what do you mean? There's no definition. In the policy, at least there's not a definition. Um, you know, if they did want to say six feet, then sure, we I might have to find a way to put my desk in a corner far away from people, but I would still stand on the principle that I'm not going to wear a mask because I know it's wrong. Yeah. Okay. And so I think people just assume six feet. That's what the CDC, but yeah, I'd like to see you try that. That would be very, very interesting. Now explain, because I know this, uh, masks do not work. In fact, uh, there's a study out of Denmark that suggests masks don't work. There's some that say masks work 30% of the time. Um, there's one study, I think this is the one out of, uh, out of Denmark that says a mask, uh, COVID has, I guess the masks, I guess the mask only does 25 microns, anything above 25 microns. COVID is five microns, so the mask isn't going to work anyway. Mm -hmm. So I assume that you've read all these studies. I have. Yep. And that is where I <laughs> have gained my, I guess, my aversion to the whole power play. <laughs> yeah. So I guess you, you don't wear a mask at all when you're around camp on campus or anything. Do people give you dirty looks? Have you lost friends over this or what exactly? Oh, I guess, well, those are two different instances. Um, right now, uh, many students actually aren't wearing masks when they walk through the hallways or um, when we're walking around campus. They just oh. put it on the that they step into a classroom out of fear. Um, and it's funny because BYU in their like weekly emails to all of the students will continue to say like, Students must wear a mask um, even when you're sitting in the hallway next to people or like walking through, um, you know, hallways in an elevator, that kind of thing. But a lot of people aren't abiding by that. And it's really great. Um, so I'm not the only one walking around campus, at least not wearing a mask. But I in my 
two classes. Um, I am the only one that has challenged um, the policy, but I have met a couple of people um, on campus who are like-minded to me and <laughs> who are also putting up a fight in their classes. So we are very few in the classroom not wearing one, but as far as outside of the classroom, um, a lot of people are taking them off, which is really nice to see. Um, and then to your second question, have I lost friends over this? I have lost many a friend over this. <laughs> um, being from Washington State, a very liberal group. Um, oh, yeah. That is kind of who, who my friend group consisted of, especially before last year. Um, and then slowly over time, you know, we have very differing opinions and views on a lot of things that have come up from 2020 to now. And so um, as far as like Washington friends, I have not retained many. Um, and then, you know, people here, uh, basically, if they if they don't have the same views as me, they don't want to talk to me. <laughs> so now, when you say your Washington friends, are you talking about Washington friends that you went to high school with Washington friends at BYU or all of the above? All of the above. Okay. So you have Washington yeah. friends that are not at BYU, but they've obviously read your Facebook posts and therefore they have told you maybe not verbally, maybe verbally, you are not my friend anymore, correct? Yes. Yeah. I've been called many names. Um, one of which was grandma killer. That was, that oh, was geez. a highlight of last year because I wouldn't wear a mask. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, my Washington friend. So, so well, yes, know, of varying degrees. Well, you know what? I'm here in Montana and it's interesting because I know for a fact, uh, one of the wards up here, 80% of the people are wearing masks, just uh, kind of what somebody told me who is in that particular ward. But in my ward, mm -hmm. I would say probably about 10% or less of the people wear their masks at church, uh, at, at least during church services. That's in amazing. Fact, um, I had a meeting with my bishop. Uh -huh. And we shook each other's hand in the bishop's office. And I kind of joked saying, oh, gosh, you're a bad boy. You're, a you're an apostate because you shook my hand. We, we can't do this in COVID. And he goes, oh, I'm not concerned about it. Are you? And I said, no. <laughs> I like your bishop. <laughs> yeah. um, to make it even better, he works in the medical field. So there you go. Wow. Look at that. And, uh, I'm pretty sure I I. I'm blind. I can't see, but I'm pretty sure he wasn't wearing a mask just based on our conversation. Okay. So, and, uh, you know, it's interesting because I went to my brother's ward where about 80% of the people do wear their mask. And the, the week that that letter was printed on August 12th, which Sam Bushman and I talked about, mm -hmm. and I talked about it, and I want to get into it a little bit more with you. The bishop got up and read the letter and said, we live in a very interesting society. We live in a society where more people are concerned about individual liberty than the common good. That sounded so Marxist. That it sounded wow. so leftist. Now, I'm, I don't know this bishop very well. I, I don't uh -huh. want to mention his name out here because I don't want to get sued. <laughs> but that was a very, I don't know what his politics are, but that was a very leftist Marxist comment, wasn't it? 
Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's obvious that he has some, maybe he's not a diehard leftist, but he obviously has leftist leanings, don't you think? Yeah, I think that's a good deduction. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I have some liberal leanings myself, but not that much. I mean, I'm liberal when it comes to mass transit, things like that, but mm-hmm. I, I still wouldn't go as far. Oh, we're more concerned about the common good than individual liberties. It just sounded so socialistic. Yes, that does. <laughs> that yeah. is very socialistic. Uh-huh. And so when you go to church, are the people wearing ma- are most people wearing masks at church at your ward at, uh, at BYU? Um, so I actually attend a ward in Lehigh, Utah, just north of BYU. Um, I don't live in Provo anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah. So for my ward, it's a YSA ward. So I would say the majority of us are between the ages of 23 and 30. Okay. Um, and before the church made their statement about masks and vaccines, um, no one, no, really no one was wearing a mask, maybe one or two people who were um, like concerned about getting sick or something, but um, no one was wearing a mask. And then that following Sunday, I would say about 25% were. Um, and then every week um, my bishop has kind of been pushing this statement on everyone. Um, and he, you know, has somebody standing outside the doors with a box full of masks, urging people to take them and put them on. Um, I would say probably last Sunday, probably a good 30% weren't wearing a mask. So we're up to 70% in my mind, um, wearing masks and all of the bishopric members are, and, um, there has been actually a lot of divisiveness among us in the ward, like people, my age, my friends, um, who, you know, one person made an offhand comment that said in reference to people not wearing a mask, oh, well, it's easy to see who's following the prophet these days and who's not. And so there's been a lot of um, pressure and honestly mean things being said to people who aren't wearing masks um, by the people who are. And mm-hmm. so within my ward, um, it, it, it's very polarized. Yeah, I, I'd like to... I, I think just for fun, I want to get back to following the prophet. I think just for fun, you ought to go up and ask your bishop if he's a leftist. I know. <laughs> yeah. uh, now, well. By the way, just because someone wears a mask doesn't make them a diehard leftist, but it does make you wonder. Now, I understand there's people who are going to wear their mask because it's they have a job that requires it and they can't lose their job. I understand that. I'm not faulting those people. Mm-hmm. Um I'm concerned about people who go to church wearing the mask and saying, oh, the prophet says that you have to. Well, he's encouraging it heavily, but it's so far he hasn't come out and said it is a requirement. Right, exactly. He himself has. Now, it'll be interesting to see if this if what will happen at general conference here in the next two weeks. But yes, and I haven't. My opinion is and I. Maybe I'm being a little too generous, but I talked to an attorney uh, Mm -hmm. who used to do legal work for the church. In fact, he's blind himself. He served a mission in the Caribbean doing legal work for the church. Okay. And what he told me, and this is why I kind of had to clarify everything 
as far as my viewpoints about the letter, the church is practicing what's called risk management. Yes. Basically, they don't want to get sued because unfortunately, and I say unfortunately heavily, mm-hmm. this church is under 501c3. What I would mm-hmm. like to see the church do is put their money on an offshore bank account, and that way they would not have to be compliant under 501c3. Why they don't do that, I have no idea. Yes, um, I personally thought. think they should myself, mm-hmm. but I'm not the church. I'm not President Nelson, but that's my personal opinion. But yeah, so what the church has done is practicing risk management. It's interesting how divisive it is here in Utah, because up here in Montana, mm-hmm. at least where I'm at, nobody cares. In fact, I went to a mid single or I went to a singles conference, 31 and up. Mm-hmm. And there was talk that I got an email saying if there is a, you know, if COVID breaks out, you know, if we have more COVID, we might have to wear a mask. But then people were asking, do we have to wear the mask? And the state president, because the East State put this on here in Billings, he said, no, you don't have to. So um, there were wonderful. About, I guess there were oh, about 15 people that at the conference that were wearing masks. And then at the end of the conference, or I guess as the conference went on, they all took them off. I thought that was great. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Great. So what's your, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say what, really what I'm standing for, I guess, is, is just keeping people's agency. If you want to wear a mask, great. If you don't, you should have retain that right. And so I guess that's just, that's the stand I'm taking and people who, you know, want to ask questions and take it to the Lord and say, Hey, the prophet came out and said, this is something I should follow. You know, that, that doesn't make them an unfaithful apostate (laughs) if they want to take that to the Lord. But I've I've heard a lot of people say that to me, you know, if I start asking questions or if I, you know, question this statement that the prophet came out with, then I'm an unfaithful Israelite who would not look at the brass serpent. (laughs) Wow. Well, (laughs) remember, folks, Anthony Fauci in the beginning said, well, the the masks aren't going to work because people fiddle around with them. Then he changed his mind. And then remember, we weren't supposed to wear uh, wear masks if we were vaccinated. Mm -hmm. And then people say, well, follow the science. The science is changing. Okay. 95% of the people who are vaccinated or 95% of the people in the ICU in uh, Brazil have been vaccinated. More Mm -hmm. deaths have occurred with vaccinated people in Israel than not. And we know this for a fact, go look Mm -hmm. at the show, go look at the Kevin Miller show. I put a link into it to Sam uh, when I interviewed Sam Bushman a few podcasts back, go look at that link. There's plenty of evidence there saying that the vaccines don't don't work. By the way, I'm not going to tell you whether you should or shouldn't take the vaccine. That's completely up to you. I'm just stating the facts here. And by the way, I am very good friends with those who are vaccinated and very good friends with those who are not. It's not going to affect a friendship. I'm worried about the mandates and the fee, the loss of our freedoms. I'm not worried if someone's vaccinated or not. I'm worried about the principle behind it. What about you? No, that's exactly where I stand. In fact, most of my friends and all of my roommates, they're all vaccinated and I love them dearly and I respect their choice to do that. Yeah, absolutely. 
And I can understand why one might get vaccinated. Maybe someone has an elderly relative that they're around a lot, and maybe they feel that it's going to prevent them from getting COVID. I, I understand that. I understand people in the medical field might want to get vaccinated because they're around it all day, and maybe they think that they won't. I think it's a very personal choice. But for heaven's sakes, when President Biden came out last week, mm-hmm. or uh, what was it last week or two weeks ago? I can't remember. Was it last? Yeah, two oh. weeks ago. Uh-huh. Uh, saying, yeah, if you have 100, 100 employees or more, that's dictatorship to me. It, that's it. That's the definition. <laughs> that's and it exactly started it. with this whole mass thing, didn't it? And I knew, by the way, when COVID began, mm-hmm. there was something wrong with this picture. COVID is real. I'm not anyone who says that COVID is false is lying to you. Mm-hmm. But there are things you can do, like, uh, in fact, what I've started doing, I have been eating oranges every morning. I've been having two oranges because I there you want go, my vitamin C. C. What's that? Yeah, I said, there you go. Great vitamin C. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I need, I know I need to get some vitamin D and other things, uh, especially with winter coming up. Montana, winters are brutal up here. Believe me. Oh, wow. But I'm concerned about the principle um, because... Yes this whole idea of wearing masks if you're sick is nothing new. I'm worried mm-hmm. about the principle. In fact, I wore a mask in 2009, uh, no, 2018, before COVID even existed mm-hmm. because I didn't want to get a bunch of people sick and I was sick and I felt it was appropriate and I didn't know any of this research. Of course, I probably would still do it today if I was sick on a plane. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, I wear masks on a plane anyway because they enforce it pretty heavily, but the point is, I wore a mask, so you know, because I didn't want to get anyone else sick, and I understand the psychology behind masks. Mm-hmm. So this is nothing new. The problem I have is the fact that it's basically being forced down us now, especially in the blue states and perhaps Utah. Yeah, um, and especially in universities. That's what I'm up against right now with like BYU. So they just have. Um, for all faculty and students, it's just the mask mandate so far. But um, I just found out last Friday that um, within the sports departments, the theater department, um, and any of the dance departments, and maybe some others, um, they require vaccines. And so I have a friend who was in the theater department, and when he accepted the role in um, one of the upcoming musicals uh, back in the summer, they didn't have a statement or um, a requirement of vaccination, COVID vaccination. And so he accepted the role. And then um, last Friday, he just got officially kicked out of the program and unable to perform because he refuses to get the vaccine. So that is happening right now. And it's very unfortunate. You know, if more people said no, I wonder what would happen. I wonder how it would affect the church. I wonder how it affect that letter. If more yeah. people said no, if more people walked out, I'd be interested to see what would happen then. Of course, you go back to the uh, church, 1978, as far back as 1978, the church was encouraging vaccines. And this mm-hmm. is not a debate whether vaccines work or don't. Of course, mm-hmm. vaccines, in my opinion, were more effective back then and perhaps even today, besides the COVID one. Uh, I'm not anti-vax at all, but. <laughs> I am against those that don't work. 
Right. And I'm against the mandates. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that that's yeah. Yep. And the church was just simply encouraging it back in the 70s. Uh probably rightfully so. Mm-hmm. But we know differently with this vaccine. Now, what's your opinion on the letter that the church printed out though? I want your take. Yeah, um, I've had lots of discussions about this and said lots of prayers and done lots of pondering. Um Honestly, it was just an administrative, um, you know, letter that they sent out. It did not, in my opinion, did not need to be read over any pulpit. Um, and there was no mention of deity whatsoever or the fact that um, they prayed about it or got an answer that this was, you know, a counsel to the saints or anything. It was um, simply the men urging people to consider getting the vaccine or the mask. And um, so the fact that people now are shaming other saints who do not want to wear a mask and who do not want to get the vaccine because of their own personal revelation, I think that is wrong. And quite honestly, my, my mother put it the best way possible. She said, you know, shame on the first presidency for putting that statement out and not clarifying it more or putting out a second statement after, you know, the church went up in arms um, of people being so divisive and so mean to their fellow brothers and sisters over this. And, uh, and I think people have totally missed the mark completely that, you know, a statement that says, you know, from the first president, it says, we urge you to do something does not trump personal revelation. And, um, you know, so it, it was, it's really quite frustrating to me that they would put the statement out. I don't know why they did it. Um, lots of speculation. Once again, maybe it's the 501c3, maybe, you know, compliance with the government. They're trying to avoid, um, you know, I guess consequences from the government or something. I'm not sure why. Um, I just know that it's very frustrating. And if they were to provide some clarification, that would be great. And if they were to tell um, those who believe that, it is now doctrine and a commandment by God to wear a mask and to get the COVID vaccine. I think, you know, it'd be wonderful if they came out and said, oh, this was just a suggestion. Prophets, um, you know, are still fallible. (laughs) We're still men. We're not perfect. And uh, we're urging you to do this. And we're saying this for a specific reason or something. That would be wonderful. Let me play devil's advocate here, because this is a thought that actually crossed my mind, and I'm sure that people have argued this. In the beginning, the church talked, well, when the word of wisdom was revealed, it was a suggestion. Mm -hmm. Then in the 1920s, it became a temple recommend question. Let's just say for me to play devil's advocate, what if this is what's happening? I'm not saying it is, but what if what if this is an encouragement and eventually it becomes a temple recommend question? Have you considered that just out of curiosity? Somebody's going to use that against us. <laughs> right. Um, I have not considered that. I'm hoping, you know, I guess I would hope that it never got to that point. Um, but I would still remain... At- the gospel is really simple to me. It's a matter of free agency and that's the greatest gift that God gave us. And so if that did become a temple recommend question, then I would have to do some more serious praying about it. Um, you know, fasting and I would have to get my answer from the Lord. 
Yeah. Now it's interesting. I've actually, there's actually a podcast that was done by the church news and I guess uh, it's been a while since I've listened to the podcast, but basically back in the 18, I think it was sometime after we got to the West, there was actually a pandemic and Brigham Young reordered the trade routes in order to alleviate the pandemic. And I, I didn't know this. Did you know that the church used to have everybody take a sip from the same cup during sacrament? I did not know that. No. Yes. And then I believe it was in 19, I think it might've been somewhere in the 19 teens, and 1920s, somewhere around there. They started giving out individual cups because of the germ theory. This was in response to the Spanish flu. It must have been in the 1920s. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is nothing new. Um, I think the difference here is the, the church has not clarified what you said, the statement. I, I think that's the mm-hmm. difference here. What do you think? And actually... I can think of some good things that are happening because of the pandemic in regards to being sanitary in regards to some of the medical things. I actually think some good things have come out of this. I think uh, restaurants are more careful about sanitization. Thanks to COVID. That's good. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You know, know, the Lord Lord can take anything bad and make good out of it. So yeah, Um, (laughs) true. I've thought about doing a whole podcast on what good has come of COVID, but yeah, what, what, what is your uh, opinion on what, on what I just told you? Um, you know, I guess it's the same. The church is an organization for mankind. And so, what you know, they can counsel us in temporal matters. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. You know, everything that is physical was spiritual. And so, um, yeah, if saints, you know, get their their answers and, uh, you know, put their trust in following the prophet and go along with it. And, and, you know, they pray about it and get a confirmation from the spirit, then wonderful. Um, and I'm not saying that the, the first presidency has absolutely zero grounds to, to, to suggest, you know, being healthy or something, but, um, I would say this is, this is quite different because it is, affecting when it comes to vaccines and masks or at least the COVID vaccine um you know there are are such bad consequences that have been coming out that it really is quite baffling to me that they would say it is safe and effective um so in that regard I'm it's even more confusing than you know having people drink from different cups that that's very basic and it's not you know affecting anyone's (laughs) DNA. Yeah. 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 And, you know, who do you, you know, the trust, the church said trust government officials. Well, who do you trust? Anthony Fauci or Rand Paul? (laughs) Yes. See, some clarification. uh, Who do you trust when everyone is wrong? Uh, Revolution calling, revolution calling, revolution calling by Queensryche. By the way, (laughs) Queensryche is near your hometown, by the way. They're from Seattle. Did you know that? Oh, I did not. No. Yeah. For those that don't know, and maybe you don't know, Queensryche is a, was a heavy metal band back in the late 80s, early 90s. Really good. 
Okay. Um, probably my all-time favorite big hair band because they were not your typical big hair band. They were very, their lyrics were very thoughtful, very political. Wow. Yes, their music was dark, but it was also coming from a very thoughtful and questioning place about po politics okay. and the church and how the churches are in bed with the government. Incidentally, our church is no exception. Now, I'm not saying the first presidency was wrong mm -hmm. to print out this letter, but mm -hmm. certainly the government officials, you know, who do you trust when everyone else is wrong? I don't believe the media. It's a great song. Go look it up. Revolution Calling by Queensryche. In fact, I might put a, I might put a, a link in the show notes here about uh, to that song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, is there any, so have you gained friends because of this? Have you made friends that maybe you haven't, you wouldn't make? Has, has anyone come to your side that you didn't think would be on your side or how's that all panned out? Yeah. So, um, with this, with the, the interview that I did with defending Utah last week, um, I have had quite a few people reach out to me on Facebook, um, who heard the segment and, you know, said like, Oh my gosh, I'm a student at BYU too. Can I please come and meet you so that they can find a like-minded friend and, and community. So, um, there have been three, three other students that I've met on campus that were really excited to find, you know, a community of support. Um, and then as far as like a, a Facebook page that I created, um, called BYU students for, um, health freedom, I think, or agency, something like that. Um, it's a private group though, just for um, other students so we can all find each other on campus. Um, but yeah, I've, I've found a few, few new friends. Um, we're very far and few between though. I'll tell you that much. Now, are these friends from Utah or where are they from? Because um, you may or may not prove my point here. Um, let's see. Let me think. I believe all three of them are from Utah, correct? Mm -hmm. Where in Utah? Do you know? You don't have to give me the names. Where are they from rural Utah or where? Um, I know that two of them are from more rural Utah. The other, I'm not sure. Okay, you just proved my point. Yeah. <laughs> rural communities are more conservative, especially when you get down into South Central Utah, the Manti area. I don't know if you've been there. Very I have not, conservative. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, Southern Utah. Okay. Very conservative. Not, maybe not so much St. George. Cedar City, yeah, pretty conservative. And the towns in between St. George, Cedar City, yes. Uh, even towns like Kanab, Utah, Orderville, very conservative. Probably more right. so than Cedar City. Okay. I'll yes. have to look for some Southern Utah students. <laughs> yes. And South Central Utah as well. Okay. Yep. So, uh, yeah. Well, uh, so I want to know a couple things. Isn't it interesting that people at the BYU football games are not wearing masks? Have you noticed that? In fact, most people don't. Have you noticed that? Oh my goodness. Have I noticed it? Yes. It's quite frustrating and hypocritical and double standard. And it's very frustrating. I wonder if those are the same people that do wear masks in on the BYU campus. 
Oh, I, I know it is. It's because, you know, when I'm in my class and everyone's talking about the awesome game that they just went to, they're all telling the story of how, where they were sitting and what they saw while they're wearing a mask. Oh, and they didn't wear a mask at the game and they're the same people that say that they did. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Um, now when people are in classes, do a lot of them just put the mask on their chin? Because that's a common practice. Um, I, you know, I can't speak for many classes. Um, I'm just in the family, home, and social sciences department right now. And so, um, at least in my classes, no, they are fully covering their nose because my professors um, will, you know, like yell at you to put it on over your nose. Um, so it's one of my professors has done that quite a few times in class. Um, but I have heard from other students that, you know, in larger classes where there's, you know, say 100 students um, and you're in an auditorium style lecture, the professors obviously can't regulate 100 students. And so it's a little more lenient, I guess, if it's on your face. So that's just what I've heard. But in my classes, nope, students have it on fully covering their face. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, what about when people just walk around the halls? You said a lot of people don't wear their masks while they're walking around the halls or they're at the Wilkinson Center and those places, correct? Correct. Yeah, probably a good like 60% are not wearing them. Now, when you say not wearing them, they're not wearing them on their chin either, correct? Correct. Yeah, just not wearing them at all. Okay. Now, what, is, what do you think? I mean, I know you haven't done statistics on this, but what do you think the percentage is of those who are wearing them on their chin? Um, walking around, probably, yeah, probably 10% wearing them on their chin. It's, it's really either people are wearing them fully or they're not wearing them at all. Yeah. All so right. that's what I noticed. Mm -hmm. Now you have been a member of the church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints your whole life, correct? Correct. Okay. And I assume that you grew up in Bellevue, Washington. Um, yeah, so I grew up around Bellevue um, in Federal Way, Washington, and Auburn, Washington. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, um, do you have any pioneer stock? As in pioneer ancestors? Yes. Yeah, yes, I do. Okay. Anything yeah. significant? Um, not terribly, no. Um, you know, I don't have any ancestors really that like came from Utah pioneers. Um, on my father's side, they were, there were a lot that settled in Idaho. Um, oh. and, yeah. And on my mother's side, there aren't too many pioneers, I guess, or like members of the church. Okay. Very good. Now I want to get back to, I just wanted to, I should have asked you this at the beginning, but I, we got so caught up into this mask issue. Yeah. Um, and I wanted people to let you know who you were. By the way, check out, you probably know this, Eastern Washington, because people in Eastern Washington, in the Tri-Cities area, are more conservative than where you're from in Bellevue. Yes, yes, it's very true. So if you meet somebody on BYU campus and they're from Eastern Washington, uh, check out that person. Okay. <laughs> because uh, that. that hopefully they're more conservative than those in the Seattle area. Hopefully. Yes, one would imagine. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, you said that you're a temple worker, correct? I am. Uh-huh. Now, we're not going to talk about what goes on in the temple. We're not supposed to do right. that. And I'm not going to make you reveal. But you say that you don't wear a mask because I know that there's a letter telling all the temple workers that they have to wear masks, but you don't. And they haven't said anything to you about it, correct? That is correct. Yes. Uh, so I work in the Mount Timpanogos Temple. Um, and I show up to my shift and I don't put a mask on and, you know, I sit down and just proceed like everything's normal. And uh, so far, nobody has said anything to me. Um, I do have a roommate that also volunteers um, with me at the temple at the same shift. And she has also not worn a mask, but during her shifts now um, twice, somebody has told her to put it on. and, And so she complies, but for some reason, nobody has said anything to me yet. Isn't that interesting? Because I actually heard a podcast called The Brian Hyde Show. And one of the essays that he read was, people will like you because you're doing the right thing for the right reasons. Now, I'm not saying your roommate is a hypocrite. I don't know your roommate at all. Uh But perhaps, and this is just a thought, perhaps because you publicly took a stand, perhaps... Heavenly Father is blessing you for doing the right things for the right reasons. What do you think? Not to bag on your roommate. Your roommate is right. probably a really awesome person. Yeah. Um, honestly, I, I have felt that. Um, I have felt that that blessing and that confirming spirit um, when I ponder this subject, really. Um, and before I start my temple shift, I really plead with the Lord and I say, you know, Heavenly Father, I want to serve in the temple and I want to be there. And I'm, I can't wear a mask because I know it's wrong. And so I, I go in and with that prayer and uh, so far it has worked out. Well, great. I'm glad to hear that. That just uh, confirms what uh, Brian Hyde said in a show. And I'm not going to link that in the show notes because it takes me forever to find that podcast. Just do a, uh, just go to the com. Maybe I'll link to that particular website, the com. Now, is there, is there anything else that you want to talk about? Um, honestly, no. Um, I would just say that, you know, for anyone out there who wants to stand up against this tyranny and these mandates and the dictator that seems to be in office right now, um, you know, just resort to the natural law of claim, use, defend, you know, you claim your rights, you study whatever it is you're up against, you know, what, what rights are yours and that they're God given you use them just, you know, proceed like normal, like I do in the temple, or, um, just don't put a mask on like I do in the classroom, just use your rights. And then if time, you know, comes where you need to defend it, then you can do that. Um, and I mean, always, always have the spirit with you when you're doing it. And I'm not there in the classroom, you know, to make a scene or start a loud revolution or anything. It's just, I'm there to. You're leading by example. Right. Yeah. And see, and that's, that is my whole goal in all of this is to lead by example and to, to get people to know that mandates are unconstitutional, that they are they are against free agency and personal revelation. And so I'm just here to advocate for people's agency. Yes. Good job. 
Now, question we ask people, two questions. Number one, do you have a calling? If so, what? Yes, I do have a calling. I am the co-chair of the Temple and Family History Committee. Oh, uh, for some reason, I think that's very appropriate. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> number two, what <laughs> is your favorite part of being a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? Oh, my goodness. Um, I would say that wherever I go in the world, I can always find members of the church. And, uh, you know, we're practically family at that point when we come to that conclusion that we're both members. And it's wonderful. It, it is. I can tell you uh, personal experiences up here. Montana is not very good for public transportation. Now, some cities might yeah. be like Missoula, but as far as uh -huh. state transportation, like you have down in Utah, forget it. Um, yeah. The bus system, even here in Billings is not very good, especially mm. When you compare it to Salt Lake City, Provo even, uh, Provo oh, actually bet. has a pretty good bus system. We do. Uh -huh. so, so back to your point, though, that the uh, I don't want to sound selfish, and I don't want you to think this is the only reason I'm a member, but it <laughs> certainly helps the networking. I can call somebody and say, can you give me a ride to this place and explain the buses don't go there or they do, but it takes me forever. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not going to be pushy about it. I'll call them a few days in advance. Yeah. I'm not going to demand it. And if they say no, I'll find something else, but it's great that we have that networking system intact wherever we go. I agree. That is wonderful. And, you know, we're all just trying to follow Christ's example. So an attitude of service. And yeah, I, I, I love that. Yeah. Well, Julia, thank you very much for coming on. Maybe we'll hear from you in the future. Maybe you'll yes. make headlines somewhere. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. I don't need to make headlines anywhere. I just hope other BYU students really catch on to this and, and stop it while we can. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, thank you very much for coming on, Julia, and uh, I will talk to you later, folks. Oh, by the way, don't forget to check out my new podcast, Canning Plus 7. It launches tomorrow. I'll talk to you later, folks. Since November 28, 1987, Kevin Williams has had a very heavy interest in radio. Now he's living his dream by doing a podcast. Welcome to the LDS Life Podcast.